Hey there, it's Dr. Sophia Satterwhite, founder and CEO of She Heals the World. I'm so happy that you are tuning in to today's episode to hear the top lifestyle and business tips from women entrepreneurs all around the globe. If you found this show helpful, be sure to share it with a friend. That's how our community grows. Today's guest is coming up next. Welcome to the She Heals the World talk show. So today I am so excited to have blogger Nikki Friedman on from Hope Hustler, and she is going to share with us some summer fashion tips and also give us some insight into her business journey. Nikki, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Sophia. I'm so excited to be here. Mm-hmm. And you are joining us from the sunny Hamptons, which I'm so jealous that you're like living your best life right now. I'm like just escape the city out on the lounge chair. It's nice. Mm-hmm. Very, very peaceful out here. I can imagine. I can imagine. I love it there. So tell me, how did you get your business started? Like tell the audience what you do, like what you're about and how you got started with your work. Absolutely. So I'm currently 26 years old. I went to school down in Miami at the University of Miami. I was always very, very interested in fashion and marketing And I kind of always knew that I wasn't really the type of gal for the nine to five scene. So I kind of took my interest in fashion and marketing and tried to put it all together. I, this was before Instagram and social media was really popular and people could actually develop an income from, you know, posting on Instagram. So at the time I was actually working with local stores and creating one-of-a-kind t-shirts and I called the brand screw sleeves so what we did was we transformed a regular t-shirt into kind of a funky Friday night look and each one was one of a kind and we sold them at local boutiques in Miami and New York and it was really just a great way to dip my toe into being an entrepreneur and learning how to run my own business And from there, I kind of, um, after college, I started working for this vintage company. I'm not sure if you're familiar with um, what goes around, comes around. Are you familiar? I have heard about them. Yeah. Yeah. So they're kind of major because they do wholesale all over the U.S., but they do have their main showroom and boutique in New York. Mm -hmm. And I, right from college, I started working for the showroom in Soho. And it was so interesting and such a great learning experience because they showcase all these really cool old designer pieces. So anything from an Hermes Birkin bag from, you know, the 70s to Levi jeans and, you know, rock band T-shirts from the 70s and, you know, Louis Vuitton bags. So everything. So we had to go through extensive training on, you know, how to recognize a, a dupe of a designer bag and vintage versus modern. And I was just, I was obsessed. And we were stylists, but we were also sellers. So people would come into the store and we had to have extensive knowledge on vintage and modern and, you know, all these designer pieces. And I was just, I was hard eyes for the whole thing. I loved it. I loved (laughs) communicating with people and styling and all of that. And we started to, once Instagram was getting popular, we started to sell a lot of these rare pieces to a celebrity clientele. And 
on Instagram. So at the time I had some pretty high profile clients and we would text back and forth and they were literally buying, you know, they would buy a $20,000 bag from seeing a photo of it on Instagram. Mm. So it was a pretty crazy concept. So that's kind of when I got my juices flowing, like, okay, this could really, this can really be a thing. Like you can really sell things and make profits off of photos and, you know, making something look nice and positioning it a certain way. Mm -hmm. So from then on, I kind of just working with all these really, really high profile clients and really interesting people. I, it was one of the coolest pinch me moments when ASAP Rocky and Drake walked into the store. And from then on, we kind of had a personal relationship and I'm sourcing, you know, pieces for them and then seeing them wearing it in photos. It was just a really, it was a really, really cool eye-opening experience how Instagram and social media can really, really make you money and be a thing. And if you position a certain product a certain way, you can really sell it and make Mm -hmm. money so instantly. Mm -hmm. So I kind of took my styling experience there, my clientele and all of that, and kind of decided, you know what, I'm just going to try this out. I'm going to post these super rare pieces on my personal Instagram to A, try and sell them for the store, B, gain some new clientele, and C, just see where it goes. And, you know, hopefully it would resonate with some people, help people. And, you know, from then on, it kind of just, it, it kind of just blew up. It was, I guess, the right time. It was kind of the cusp time before Instagram really, really popped off. Mm-hmm. So it was a good time to get in into the space before it got really saturated. And mm-hmm. you know, from posting these super rare pieces and designer finds, that's how I kind of started to gain my initial audience. Wow. Amazing. So I have so many questions because you're, you know, our audience, they, you know, we've had bloggers on the show and I feel like every revenue model is different and we don't have to go into the details, but just in general, like how, what's your revenue model? Like you mentioned, like you work with celebrities and then you post these designer items. Is it like commission off of the designer items or how exactly does it work? So this was back, this was by quote unquote nine to five, even though the hours for the showroom were actually 11 to eight. This is back when I had worked for them. So as a seller there, we were, we worked on salary and we also made commission. So mm-hmm. when I was blogging on this side, I was kind of doing extra work to try to sell and style photos of these really, really cool pieces and kind of put my own spin on it. Mm-hmm. So if I were to sell, you know, an expensive designer piece, I would make commission, but I also made a full-time salary from working there. But now that I had left the showroom and decided to go full-time with the blogging, it kind of varies um, on a brand-to-brand basis. So mm-hmm. it's it's a lot of, it's a big line of communication with their budget and what they're expecting as far as deliverables. Mm-hmm. And if it's, you know, a one-time partnership or a long-term partnership and kind of how big the brand really is. You know, if we're talking uh, Pepsi or are we talking, you know, a small startup jewelry company? So mm-hmm. it's kind of a, it's kind of a, on a brand to brand basis. 
Beautiful. And and I think a lot of people are familiar with that because we've talked so much on the show about how to partner with brands. And um, we have a few episodes with um, some food stylists that give some really good information. Elise Dumas, the pineapple chef, that episode, we talk a lot about how to specifically approach brands and how to position yourself. So I love that you're sharing about that from the fashion um, world's perspective, um, because I think people need to be able to see that you can really do anything that you want to do and build an audience from it. And then from there, be able to leverage your platform um, to continue to talk about pieces and items that you really do enjoy. And so this is still such a new field, Nikki. And I'm just wondering if you ever think about like when you were young, what you thought you'd be doing right now as a grown up. <laughs> yeah, totally. And it was Definitely not this. <laughs> I always knew. I, I didn't know, you know, that the virtual kind of social media space would have blown up to be this, you know, prevalent in our society right now, especially in this, you know, quarantine COVID life where everyone is kind of glued to their computers and their phones. I feel like right now it's bigger than ever. Mm. And it could be a great time to get started and go into it because everything is so digital right now. Mm. And when I was when I was younger, I always knew that I would work in fashion. Whatever whatever it was in the industry, I always knew it had to be fashion. But if you would have asked me if I saw myself doing this, I would have definitely said no. Yeah. 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 I'm I'm more of a private person. Yes. And you know, I'm one of those people that it's the craziest thing and you would not even believe it when I said it, but I'm one of those people that would most likely lose my phone under a pillow for hours, you know, when I'm with friends or socializing, not glued to my phone at all. So the fact that my job is 24 seven on my phone is just the biggest paradox ever. So. <laughs> <laughs> so what hurdles did you experience when you were like actually transitioning from your nine to five job into an actual business? Because we know that any business is not without hurdles and challenges. And so what was that like for you? A hundred percent. So one of the biggest challenges in the beginning was getting the brands to actually offer compensation. Mm -hmm. A lot of these companies don't realize that for a blogger, this is our full-time small business. Yes. And they, they think, you know, just gifting a sweater or a pair of shoes is compensation when it's really not because, you know, it's, it's our time. It's our you know, our advertising to our personal audience on our platform. And it's also just the rights to the images themselves. Mm -hmm. So all of that, I think, goes very unnoticed with a lot of brands. So that was definitely one big obstacle was learning how to navigate and really kind of, for lack of a better word, just get the brands to get their money up, you know, yeah. and not just, not just offer everything on a quote unquote gifting basis. Mm. And then kind of making the distinction of when you draw the line of which brands you want to work with to keep your image and your audience as authentic as you are and possibly can be. Mm. I feel like in this space, especially it could be so easy to be kind of a sellout and, you know, mm. work with certain brands that you actually wouldn't use in real life because of, you know, the offer that they're putting on the table. 
So definitely mm-hmm. making that distinction, I feel, is really important for building an image and staying authentic and true to your audience and honestly yourself. Beautiful. And what has been your greatest win like for the last two years? What are you most proud of? One of the most exciting things for me was being nominated for the Monaco Influencer Award. That's so cool. So, so cool. <laughs> it was it was really like a pinch me. It was awesome. And at the time, I was still pretty new in the space. This is about a year and a half ago. And I didn't know if it was a scam or what was going on. Some of the emails were in French. I actually speak some French. It was my minor in college because I figured if I was going into fashion, it wouldn't hurt to know French if I was working with factories and all of that. Um, So some of the emails were in French. I didn't know if it was a legitimate thing. And I started really digging deeper, realized it was legitimate. And it was one of the coolest experiences ever. I had never been to Monte Carlo, Monaco. It was so beautiful and so cool. And I was around just all these international influencers in different spaces, travel, food, fashion, and everyone was just seeing ball gowns and there was a red carpet and speaking different languages. And one of my actual all-time favorite um, travel accounts, um, are you familiar with, his name is um, Munra Uzman? No. And they're, they have the most amazing account. It's this super talented photographer and now his wife. And they go all around the world and take the most insane, beautiful photos. And it's her holding his hand in every photo. So she's in front. Uh, I've seen that photo, yes. You've probably seen some of them. So they were there. And I had followed them since I first made my own personal Instagram. So I was like, oh, my God. You know, these are the big fish. I was so excited about that. Um, At the time, like a year and a half ago, I was like, wow, this is no joke. So that was super cool. The food god was also there. He had won for his category in food, um, Jonathan Chebin. And just the whole the whole scene, the night, the weekend was magical. And I was like, okay, now we gotta now we gotta amp things up a bit and keep this going because I just I loved it. Yes, you are official and you have arrived. <laughs> yes, exactly. I was like, I am here, things are happening. <laughs> Well, Nikki, I definitely want to tap into your brilliance and your amazing sense of style. And I love that you spent so much time sharing your business journey with us because I really wanted you to come on the show to give us some summer fashion finds because, you know, COVID-19 has gotten everybody in a funk, obviously. And Mm -hmm. I think it's just such a breath of fresh air to remember that this is still summertime and we can still shop online and we can still kind of look cute in our offices and our bedrooms and our living rooms in our homes or on the local beach. And so what kind of tips do you have for us to really enjoy this summer in a fashionable way? (laughs) Oh, totally. I was like in the quarantine. I'm like, okay, I'm like trying to make my living room into a runway. Whether (laughs) even if I was wearing like my cutest sweatshirt or set, I always had to try to make myself look a little bit presentable just to get my head, you know, in, in the proper mood and vibe. I feel like when I'm a huge, you know, weather and like environmental mood person so when I'm stuck in at home I always feel you know I feel like everyone could be this tend to be this way Mm -hmm. you could feel pretty lazy and down and then you not want to get yourself together not want to do your hair put on makeup I feel like the quarantine did that to so many people so I really felt like even if it was putting on a cute PJ set or a sweatpants set 
or your cutest workout outfit. I feel like just getting yourself together, putting on cute set, maybe swiping on some mascara, some lip gloss. Just I feel like confidence like within really radiates on the exterior, whether you're doing work or you're in your room, whatever it is. I just feel like if you get yourself together, even if it is in your sweats, that's just step one to mm. being successful and kind of radiating that confidence. Yes. Yes. Are there any sweat brands that you are like really loving right now? Oh my God. So my, (laughs) one of my biggest vices, I was like everyone, I'm sure ordering a ton off of Amazon during the (laughs) quarantine because I didn't, no one knew kind of what factories and what stores were open. Mm -hmm. So we all knew Amazon was. So I started getting hooked on the most, I went back to basics. So simple. Hanes, jerseys, and all that. Just the simplest brands. Champion. And I would, I was just buying just matching sets from them and then just, you know, just styling in the cute way, throwing on a chunky pair of hoops with Mm. your sweatpants, Mm -hmm. a pair of cute socks, chunky sneakers, and kind of giving it that Hailey Bieber model off duty look. Mm. Um, That was, that was the vibe I was kind of going for during quarantine and I kind of as much as you know it was disappointing to not be able to break out your cutest summer dresses and spring we kind of skipped the spring season altogether Mm -hmm. um it was kind of it was cool to really experiment with dressing up these sweatpants and pajamas and then kind of styling them in other ways as well so making making your sweatpants into even call me crazy, an evening look, like with a mm-hmm. bodysuit and a pair of heels. And back to my screw sleeves days, I actually ordered so many sweatpants and I'm like, okay, what am I doing with all these heavy sweatpants now that it's 90 degrees? Yes. I, I chopped some of them up into shorts. So no, now you didn't. You cut them yes, up? I, oh I, I cut them up into shorts. <laughs> Use and no no piece of fabric to waste. Use the excess material as scrunchies. Hair tie even tried to make masks with some of it. Oh. Um, which if you go to my profile, I have tutorials on how to take a piece of cloth or fabric. Or um, I did it with a designer dust bag. I did it with a Chanel dust bag, and how to make that into a mask. So wow. I was getting really creative with anything I can kind of get my hands on. <laughs> But, but the cozy, the cozy staples, I feel like you can go, you can go luxe and, you know, buy your $200, $300 sweatshirt, or you can literally order your Hanes sweatshirt on Amazon, tie dye it, chop it up, Mm. throw on your pair of hoops, cute pair of sneakers, and you're done. And you look Mm. like you, you just bought an off-white or Vetmont sweatshirt and it was 30 bucks. Yes, yes. And I do have to say, outside of your tutorials, which are awesome, I also think TikTok has so many great um, styling profiles on how to, like you said, dress up sweatpants. I never heard of dressing up sweatpants until I got into quarantine. And then I was like, wait a minute, I can dress up my yoga pants, I can dress up my skims, I can dress up all these different styles and still feel comfortable and be able to go out on my deck and not feel like I need to change. And so I love that trend. I think that's one of my favorite fashion finds and fashion trends for the summertime dressing up like dress down clothes definitely totally and just for me like I'm all about the contrast so mm-hmm. if you're wearing your sweatpants you can you know wear it with your sneakers you can wear it with your cute little 
you know, pointed toe heel or any of that, or your little sandals, strappy sandal, mm-hmm. and even taking a, you know, your fancier dress and wearing that with sneakers and high socks, like a, you know, Princess Diana vibe. Mm. So, yeah, I'm all about that contrast, like wife beater and Chanel bag, and, you know, just that really, you know, low to high contrast. So mm-hmm. I, you know, dressing down really formal looks and then dressing up really casual looks. I guess that's one of my favorite, favorite fashion tips and summer, especially for this summer, because we're mm-hmm. all kind of trying to make make life happen again. So nothing mm-hmm. is that formal right now. Yes. Yes. So one thing that you said, you, t- you said high, low, and I hear people talking about that all the time. I'm not that into the fashion world. Like I try to follow, but <laughs> I like kind of would rather other people I just tell me. You look so cute though. Like, I'm, just I'm like, okay. <laughs> Thank you. I try to just let other people just tell me what to do because my brain just can't handle it. But you mentioned high low. And I guess that is like, if you have like an expensive piece that you can sometimes pair it with like a not so expensive piece. So you're not splurging a gazillion dollars on your outfit all the time. What do what are the things that you feel like must be like things that you invest in for the summertime as far as clothing and then which things do you feel like you can kind of skimp on and it's not that important to buy something that's you know super expensive when you're wearing it? Oh my god, I I'm like obsessed with this question because this is my life and I love when my favorite thing is when someone's like, oh my god, like that dress is that is that the one from like from Saks or Intermix from this like Helmet Lang and I'm like no this was this was $15 off Nasty Gal or you know Pretty Little Thing and yeah yeah, thanks for asking but no I (laughs) I am obsessed with high low just as a whole just as the vibe for someone's entire closet and sense of style because it really isn't realistic especially now to splurge on all these pieces that honestly, you kind of just wear it at that one event you wear only a few times. So one of my absolute favorite, favorite fashion tips is dressing high-low, which kind of means combining, you know, buying a few splurge-worthy pieces, then combining it with attainable and affordable pieces. So $30 dress from Nasty Gal with Louis Vuitton bag or think Haynes White Feeder with Chanel bag. So something super, super affordable and low end with something that's luxury and that will last you forever. So I guess from working at what goes around comes around really grew my love for Chanel. So I would say one splurge worthy investment piece would definitely be a Chanel bag. Mm -hmm. I know they're super, super expensive. However, there are so many sites now to buy them secondhand and do layaway and even after pay, and to kind of make it a little more, you know, approachable and affordable for everyone. So, and even if it is beaten up, one of the best things I did learn from working in vintage is if you buy a Chanel bag from the 80s, it's a little bit beaten up, you can take it to any leather spot and they could totally spruce it up for you. And it is something though that will last forever. Like a Chanel bag will hold out for years and years and years. That's why people are still buying them vintage from the 80s. Mm. So for me, that's one piece that I think is the ultimate feminine accessory that I think every woman should have. Um, 
And there are luckily now so many ways to get your hands on one for an mm. affordable price. Um, so definitely that I would say one really great pair of earrings because earrings are the closest to your face. So they'll bring out your coloring and your eyes and just really bring kind of that light and sparkle to your face. So I would say definitely one pair of earrings, a good pair of real gold hoops or um, diamond, you know, huggy hoops or studs. I would say definitely that that's an everyday piece. And then also call me crazy, but this is for my personal style. I live in white sneakers. Like I said, I mm. love that art of contrast. So I love wearing, you know, a silk slip dress with white sneakers or mm. any kind of fancy formal dress with white sneakers, just to dress it down, make it a little more cash. And especially, you know, in this day and age, there's not many like events happening. Yeah. So everything I feel like is super casual, but you still want to be able to wear your beautiful dresses out. So I feel like the way to do that is to pair it with white sneakers. So I think one great pair of white sneakers that won't fall apart after three wears is also <laughs> another <laughs> important yes. staple. I yes. love my Zara shoes. Don't get me wrong, but mm. I think now that everything is so casual, one good pair of sneakers is a great staple as well for high-low. Mm, nice. So and you are- handbag jewelry sneaker. Yes, handbag jewelry and sneaker. And I want to dig into the jewelry part because I feel like whenever I try to buy jewelry, whether it's something high-end or even if it's just something I'm only going to wear for like a one-time thing, I never know where to get them. And I'm like bombarded with all these different Instagram ads, which is fine because it like opens up my mind and I can start to explore. But for from you as an expert, like where is the best place to get accessories and jewelry and those kinds of fun things? Okay, so I, a lot of the pieces that I wear are pieces that I find at, I used to find at markets. So kind of um, in New York City, there's a market called Artists and Fleas. And there's a bunch of different stands at this market that showcase different emerging jewelry designers. Mm. And they're not, some of them are real, some of them are cubic. Mm. So they, they hold up nicely and they look like they're diamond, but they're actually not. So they're pretty affordable. Mm. So Definitely at any, um, if, if anyone wants to go to their Instagram artists and fleas, they have a lot of emerging jewelry designers with really, really amazing pieces that are, a lot of them are handmade. So they're, they're very, very well made as opposed to, you know, these huge companies that are just mass producing them. And then you're losing the back of your earring and you're walking around like (laughs) Captain Hook with one hoop earring. Like, so I, I love to go for the handmade pieces. Um, also I, I really do, even though I just said the whole factory made thing, one brand that I really think has such a great variety of pieces, great price points. They now have some pieces that are real. Some of them um, are just coded is Babel Bar. I've been working with them for a while. And I'm not just saying this because I work with them. Um, I wouldn't work with them if I didn't really believe in all their pieces. Yeah. I absolutely love even their dainty layering necklaces. They have some really fun statement earrings and fun pieces for if you're, you know, going to the beach or, go, you know, if you're in a, when we can travel again, if you're going on like mm-hmm. a, really fun island Caribbean vacation. They have so many fun pieces 
And they have a lot of these crystally kind of earrings that do look like they're a rare jewel or some variation of like diamond. Mm. So I, I really love their pieces. And another, I, I would say another really great way to find other jewelry designers is go on sites like Shop Up and Revolve, go to their jewelry, go to the category you're looking for. Um, I always um, sucker for a good hoop. So I'll the earrings and hoops and then I'll discover designers from there because they they curate so nicely I find on Revolve and Shopbop so they do all the work for us yeah so if you just go to the category that you're looking for you'll be able to find all the designers and the pieces that you kind of vibe with so that's wow. one way to really discover great designers Jennifer Miller Jennifer Fisher the Jennifers mm-hmm. I wear all the time um I actually discovered from Shopbop Jennifer I think it was it was Jennifer Miller that I discovered. So mm-hmm. I think going on sites like that that you love is really a great way to discover jewelry designers. Wow, Nikki, you are a gold mine of information. <laughs> I, just, <gasps> I got you. I got my girls. <laughs> I just want to like take you with me wherever I go. Like just, oh, just here's my wallet. Just tell me what to buy. <laughs> into my DMs anytime. I know that's why I'm like when when times change or whatever, I really want to continue to help people on a more personal level and really get into more personal styling. Yeah. And because styling is like really my passion. Like I love the looks for less and all of that stuff. I'm obsessed with it and I love I love making girls look good yes you're a pro you are such a pro thank you so now that you have made it Nikki if you could look back and give your 10 year younger self any piece of advice what would it be Um, so if I, I can give my younger self one piece of advice it's pretty simple it's the it's the Nike slogan just do it and Don't be scared and don't worry what anyone thinks of you. You just do you and do what you're passionate about. And if it doesn't feel like a job, then you're doing something right. If it doesn't feel like a job, you're doing it right. I love that. How can our audience find and support you? (laughs) Um, You can follow me on Instagram, Hustler. I also am an emerging TikToker. I know there's some TikTok drama now, but I have some fun styling videos on there. I do most of my work though on Instagram. I have a website that's under construction, but the best way to kind of keep up and follow me would definitely be on Instagram. And anyone could slide in. I'm always answering my messages and DMs. I like to pride myself on being super personable and authentic with my audience. I'm definitely not one of those bloggers that's like, doesn't like to interact and talk. I am obsessed with helping people and chatting with everyone. So slide in anytime. I'll be there. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome, Nikki. And I'm going to have all of Nikki's links in the show notes as well as on the website. So you guys can just click on Hope Hustler and be able to find her and follow up with her about this episode or anything else that you'd like but definitely spread the word love what she's doing and I'm so appreciative that you came on the show I cannot wait to have you back I am so I was so happy to be on this show I was it was an honor and you are you are such you are such a boss babe and I am obsessed (laughs) with this community that you built and everything and I love it and I will definitely share with my audience as well thank you thank you lots of love you too babe Stay healthy.
there you have it. Thank you for listening to the She Heals the World talk show, where you can learn not only how to design your business, but also design your life. To learn more about how to live by design, grab a freebie at shehealstheworld.com forward slash freebie.